Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. Ingrid's always really good at starting. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Welcome to Anchor Moms, the podcast. <laughs> Episode 22. Thanks for joining us. We have a full podcast for you this We do. Morning. So, um, you guys. <laughs> I feel like every story you start with is like, you guys. <sighs> I know. And you titled this one Toddler Exhaustion. I so break it down so... for us. Tired yep. of chasing. So it's funny, you know. There's the like those weird stages that your kids go through, and for some reason, right now, our big kids are actually like in a really great stage, discipline and behavior, and like just in general. And Bennett, you guys, 13 months old, crazy, crazy. Okay, I made a list. So she's so she started a list of in all of the ways in which she's crazy. Well, so okay, so she started walking very early, and she is everywhere, everywhere. So I made a list of what she did. This was all in the matter of like <clears throat> I don't know, let's call it forty minutes okay. the other night. Stood on top of the kids' table, like you know the little kids' mm-hmm. table where they mm-hmm. eat. Threw a toy in the toilet. Somebody accidentally left the baby gate open, and she very quickly made her way to the, like the top stair. Oh. We have wooden stairs that are scary. Pretty steep. Um, was I, I at one point saw her like basically like trying to get her finger up the dog's nose. Yuck. Um, and then um, she, you know, how you have the little fasteners on your cabinet so they can't get into yes. the cabinets. Well, there's one that's like a really weird place and we can't like fasten it in any way. Anyway, um, come in the and she is playing with the blender. The blender. She pulled the blender oh out of like the back of that cabinet. But you um, guys, and I sound like DSS should be called to my house. I'm trying to watch her. I mean, I do have two other toddlers, but this is all in the matter of like, uh, like all in the up. same sitting. Can't I can't keep up. Keep up. No. She is crazy. Yeah. She is everywhere. And my other kids, I feel like at this age, I mean, I very distinctly remember Ella Ray like sitting down and like flipping through a book. No, never happened. Never happened. I, I don't know what to do. I, I She's crazy. And daycare, thankfully, like, supports me and is like <laughs> a, we don't we don't know what to do with her she's can I just everywhere say, can i just everywhere. say this makes me really happy because okay. your two other kids are like very well behaved and always have been i think that's why it's oh. like finally time for you to get like get kid. one of them get one of the crazy maybe maybe that's right your luck your luck had to run out at some point yeah. <laughs> Ingrid's like relishing yeah like she's really <laughs> excited i just i mean does lisa do this stuff yes yes i have two crazies Double like Lisa's not as crazy. Oh, you haven't seen her lately. She, yeah, I mean, she's she might not be walking too. like your kid is very well, but she is insane. She is equally as insane. I, yeah. I don't know what she. Gets, she has an incident report at school like 
what? Wait, Many times. At 13 months old, they <laughs> have incident reports? Yeah. Like, I can't even tell you. We literally oh. got to the, it's like the It's like the daycare joke. Like, oh, then I got another incident report well, today. Like, give us an example. Because she climbs on something and falls off and gets, like, a bump on her head. And so they have to write oh, a report about so it. Like or she, hurt. like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like She's a not, deal, like, biting other kids yet. No, stuff. but she, like, I mean, she had to move out of the infant room because she was, like, terrorizing the other babies. Because <laughs> she could walk so early and she has, Now like, she's with the big kids and she's like, oh, I can keep up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't know what to do. Well, maybe you can just channel this into something positive. Like, yeah. she's well, going to be... Like, yeah, she's going to be, like, amazing. Go get, her. go get her. Yeah, I mean, she might be president. I don't know. Very she's, definitely. like, very, like, First fearless, female. adventurous, like, ready to go. Whew. Ready to get into it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, she's not going to be lazy, that's for sure. She's not going to sit around and like do nothing. Like her mama. What? You're not lazy. Is my <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant I'm lazy. You're, I like like, the, you're like the least lazy person I know. Karen, your face. She's oh. like, excuse me. From the news desk. Okay, so this one is, this is a really good one. This is from the New York Times. Um, and the title is, Is Mealtime Miserable? Yes, mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Try this. Um, And it's talking about this system. um, It's called DOR, Division of Responsibility in Feeding. And it's um, an approach that may help picky eaters and food-fixated kids alike. Here's the thing is what they, they, this is the disclaimer, what it won't do, make anyone finish the broccoli. Um, So Division of Responsibility. This um, is a weird title. I know. To me, I didn't get that. I know. Uh, I guess it's because you're dividing the responsibility of, of, Eating between, between the parent and, and the your kids. child. Yeah. Right. So parents decide which foods are served. That's the extent of their job description. The kids are responsible for deciding which foods they're going to eat. Um, the author talks about uh, some of the ones that they've offered. And it also means for the parent, um, weeks of ignoring vegetables in favor of bread or pasta. And um, kids are also in charge of how much they eat, whether it's two bites of broccoli or two bowls of ice cream. And so the idea Ooh. is instead of like pressuring your kids, um, you, you have to eat uh, three more bites of that spinach before you can have more of your bread or more of your mm-hmm. ice cream. You just go ahead and put all of these things in front of them, including some staples that you know that they like and then some so new foods. So they won't starve. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you just allow them to decide what they're going to try and what they're going to eat. And the idea is, I think, if I'm reading this article correctly, is it takes some of the pressure off mealtime. Um, people, kids, you know, kids are less stressed. The parent is less stressed. Um, and at the end of the day, the kid can decide and figure out what they want to eat and how much they want to eat. Is that and right? Also, is that what yeah, I'm reading? No, I think so. And it also says that the child is eating according to his hunger and fullness right. cues. So, like, basically, you're not trying to force it on them. They're starting to learn, uh, this is how much I need. This is when I'm full. This is when I'm still hungry. Um, I, I though, I don't know. What, what do you, how do you feel about this? So I will say this. Um, River has had all sorts of eating habits in her year and a half life. At first, she was a really great eater. Then she became really picky. And now, I'll be honest, in like the last month or so, she started to eat more. And I have always been somebody who didn't want to – I'm not a big food pressure person. So I always sort of took her, her cues. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I – I don't know, I read somewhere, learned early that I'm not going to try to push like the peas and carrots and all of that. I just kind of let her do what she wants to do because I figure she's a toddler. They don't have, they're not adults, so they don't have all these ideas about carbs and protein and this and that. I just figure that their innate 
I don't know, abilities or, mm-hmm. you know, their their babies are, are there and, and let her do her thing. So I don't know. Whether or not it's been successful, I don't know. So my question is, so I'll just use, like, my son and what he likes yeah. as an example. So, like, on his plate, I'll put, you know, like, applesauce, yogurt, because I know he's going to eat those. And then I put, like, the chicken and vegetable, which I know he doesn't want to eat, and I give it to him. And what happens is he eats all of his applesauce, all of his yogurt, and then he doesn't want to eat anything else. So, and that's kind of what this article is saying. So at what point is he then going to make this decision to eat those other things? No, he never has to. That's what this approach would be, that you would put that out there, and he never well, has to eat his vegetables and chicken. Well, then what's the point of this whole process? I want him to eat his vegetables and chicken. Well, then I you did. shouldn't do this method. But what's right. the method if... You're already getting your kid so he, to eat those things. So the What's other the idea point? is is by doing this method as opposed to threatening your kid to eat the chicken and the broccoli is that it prevents disordered eating struggles, which p- crops up in in. So basically you're, you're just having an easier right. meal time. Right, um, Well, I could have done that without reading the article. And the other thing is, is exactly. it talks about, you know, if you're concerned about your child's weight, it, it kind of helps <clears throat> your child eat according to his hunger <clears throat> and fullness cues. So instead of like, right. you know, the kid sort of learns when I'm full instead of like, I just ate all this applesauce and yogurt and now, now I have to. you're forcing me to eat right, something else. Right, so, um, so I thought, you know, that. It's sort of interesting. It does talk about, and this is what I'm totally guilty of, is um, so you eat at certain times, like, you know, you breakfast, lunch, Mm -hmm. and dinner, and then let's say you have two snacks during the day, and there's no grazing or snacking outside of those specific snack times that you've already established. Now, I will say this, like, we go on walks, and River gets her, like, goldfish crackers. She, like, loves to drink. And so sometimes I do feel like that ruins... Too many snacks. Right, too Mm -hmm. many snacks, and then Mm -hmm. she's not hungry for whatever you put in front of her. So I guess probably one of the things I could work on if I find realize that she's not eating much at, like, dinner or lunch is to stop Mm -hmm. those sort of unscheduled snacks because then she's never going to try the broccoli or the chicken because... But it's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. Well, I will say I completely disagree with this. Do you? Yeah. Wait, I, I thought you said you were interested in this. No, I think it's an interesting idea. Okay. I'd never heard about it before. Okay. And I'm, like, kind of fascinated with the thought process behind right. it. But I, I don't think we should, you know, and I think it depends on the age of the kids. You know, River is right. obviously in a different place, too, even than, you know, our older kids. Um, but I'm just going to tell you this. I don't want to put five things on the table and I know my kids if I don't force them are only going to eat the one thing every night I don't want to realize that it's been three weeks and they've only had bread like that to me you know I don't I don't I don't think that's see that's what's happening right now in my life so that's what I was kind of questioning like what what am I doing wrong but Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not doing anything wrong I don't know well Well, I think think my daughter has eaten Liesl is the baby and she literally has only eaten like yogurt for like the last like 48 hours and I'm not kidding you like just river, just yogurt river goes through phases those yeah. phases as well I'm not yeah. kidding yes and sometimes it drives well, me crazy like you open the fridge and she sees the yogurt mm-hmm. and that's and then it she wants the yogurt. that's yeah, it yeah, that's mm-hmm. how yep but I think too like I, I don't know I think of Bennett and Lisa as a di- and even River at a different age than kids where, kids, where yeah. this is like you know you're picking like you're saying okay here's the choices like try what you want to try and eat as much as you want to eat like obviously like these are you know they're too little for that I think well what I'm what I'm waiting to hear and maybe it is in this article is that the thing is is that yogurt doesn't become so special anymore because they have it every single day so Mm, after a while when they see that yogurt and applesauce they're like okay like yeah like I have that like 
okay, let me just try this chicken and this vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they kind of get sick of those things because they're offered all the time. It's just the same idea as like sweets. Like yeah. making it special mm-hmm. makes them want it more mm-hmm. and restricting it. Like if anyone's on a diet, all of a sudden you're like looking at pizza. You're like, I want right. that pizza right, right now. When we are not mm-hmm. on a diet, you're like, nah, I could go for yeah. a salad. Same kind of like mm-hmm. philosophy perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. I think that um, this was something that when we found out we were pregnant with our first kid, my brother, I remember saying that it's my biggest piece of parenting advice which is what is don't raise a picky eater i think that's a lot easier said than done no but i think his point was i think that he he was trying to make me aware of these types of decisions and discussions beforehand and i do think i mean it's hard i think that this is the wrong approach personally because i think just saying we don't want drama at the dinner table let them eat what they want to eat I think is the opposite direction. I, I mean, and it, I don't know. Who knows if I'm, this is right or wrong. But, I mean, I make my kids. I'm the mom that says, you're four years old. You have to eat four bites of green beans, you know, whatever. We yeah. have our little things that we do. And they do them. They mm-hmm. do them. Mm-hmm. And, and I do, you know, we'll say if you, if you get the clean plate club, you get a Hershey kiss for dessert. Now, is that the right thing? Probably not. But I feel like I'd rather let them have one Hershey kiss and eat a serving of vegetables. Right. But the I idea is you're teaching a, a lesson in which the desired food is the Hershey Kiss, not the vegetables. So that's why yeah. you're setting the the you know the precedent and for their their just, future I choices. Just, right. Food. I always just get worried about just food pressure in general. You know, mm-hmm. I'm someone who yeah. knows nutrition facts like mm-hmm. the back of my head. Like I could literally tell you. I just I just look at numbers. Like I I it's one of those things that. I don't know. I've done it for a long time, and I refuse to talk about that kind of stuff in front of her. I don't talk about protein. I don't talk about carbs. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about like good foods or bad foods. Everything in moderation, because I just mm-hmm. worry about. I worried about disordered eating habits. I just worry about all that anxiety about meal time and food, especially as I'm raising a daughter. Mm-hmm. What that could all lead to, and I want River to be able to be autonomous and figure out what foods work for her. Like I mm-hmm. like the idea of putting some of the responsibility, like. You know, at some point you're going to be like an autonomous human being right. who needs to decide like but what foods you enjoy. I, I don't know, but it's a isn't that a good place to start? Isn't hey. that what we start? Don't we start all of the other stuff when like kids are young? You know, yeah. like the I discipline and all they that. They understand other stuff? a lot at once. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a right I, way or a wrong way. I mean, I will say this: mm-hmm. we really try to say to our kids, these are the things that make you strong and healthy, and they now ask. Is is potatoes yeah. something that makes me strong and healthy? Is milk something? Is chips something? And I think they're thinking about that already. Right. And they, both of our kids, I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect and we struggle with it, but both of our kids will say at dinner, I want to I, I want to be strong and healthy. I'm going to eat all my carrots tonight. Mm-hmm. I want to I be big yeah. like my cousin. And they will say those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think there's something to be said for teaching them early on the vegetables, the things that they need to be eating. Sure. Mom's the word. This is uh, going back to one of our very first episodes when Mm. we were talking about traveling and potentially, quote, like drugging our kids before we get on planes and stuff. Which Um, I may or may not have done. Well, let me just tell you something that um, I recommend highly is Zarbies. And it's like a natural brand. And Mm -hmm. they have like cough drops and cough syrups and all these sorts of things. But they have like a kid's section and one of the things they have is melatonin mm-hmm. and from their website just if you don't know melatonin is actually a hormone the brain produces to help regulate sleep and wake cycles so this is of course um that that natural ingredient that they've like capsulized and it's a non-habit forming 
thing, so they say, that helps gently guide your child to sleep. Now, they don't recommend doing this daily. Uh, and they say it's not habit forming, but still they recommend maybe if you're just going through like a sleep regression or if you're perhaps traveling to use this RB. So we've had some major sleep issues with my toddler in, I mean, it would be like at least two hours Oof. of fighting, literally two hours. Oof. And on my schedule, that's, I mean, it was basically, I was falling apart. Is like, this Hartman I, or Liesel? I'm oh, sorry, Hartman, did you say Hartman? Hartman. No, Hartman. this is for okay. children who are three and older. Okay, okay. So mm-hmm. don't give your kids this, apparently, if they're younger than that. River's not old enough. Well, no, right. they do make but Zarbies for, for oh, babies. Yeah, yeah for but babies. not necessarily the melatonin, um, mm. but, like, cough syrups and stuff. It's like a whole children's mm. brand. So right. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, for whatever reason, it says on the, the package, three and older. Anyway, so we're, like, we talked about it. I called my doctor and had a discussion. And they were, like, yeah, like, you know, like, that sounds like, like, this is what it should be used for, situations mm-hmm. like this, right. to kind of get you back on track. Anyways, so um, we give him, you know, the dose or whatever. My husband actually gave him the first dose and he was like in his bath and every single night after his bath we watch a show which is like the highlight of his life being able to watch like Paw Patrol so he like just wants to he doesn't want to take a bath most nights and just wants to watch the show so he's in the bath and he's like mama John had just given it to him I'm really tired I want to skip the show tonight and just go straight to bed I was like I was like I was like don't make any sudden movements I was like okay, honey, and, like, get him out and put his pajamas on him and, like, set him in his bed and just like that. Just like that. I mean, it was like, and I went downstairs and I was like, John, give me that package. How much did you give him? Like, I was freaking out. And he's like, no, like the dosage. And sure enough, just the one milliliter, and it worked like a freaking charm. Now, that's a slippery slope, my friend. Right. Right. So you have to be very careful. Don't take my Mm -hmm. advice, obviously. Call your doctor. But I'm just telling you my personal experience, and it has really helped us get him back on schedule. Because he was just fighting it. And it, mm-hmm. and you know that they get into those routines, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, now it's fight time with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's sleepy time for Hartman. Now so his does, body is getting used so to it. So do you still use it every day? No. No, no, no. But, okay. but we've, like, microdosed him, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Like, mm-hmm. instead of giving him one milliliter, it's like a quarter. Right. And, um, like, kind of, like, weaning him off of it. And mm-hmm. he still responds really well. It's This stuff is like magic potion. Hey guys, we we have some exciting news. Um, Anchor Moms, the podcast, is now sponsored. Woo-hoo! All right, Woo! we're excited to share this information with you. Yeah, so our new sponsorship is Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Go visit them. Yes, and thank you so much for the sponsorship. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And other news. Okay, our next article is from New York Times Parenting. It says the decade parents couldn't win. 90% of American moms and 85% of American dads feel judged. And the decade being um, like 2010 through 2019 kind of thing, right? Or 2020? 2010 through 2020. Okay. Like that's a decade, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so basically this article is talking about how, you know, critics <clears throat> of parenting styles have always been out there. Um, but of course it's just heightened and it's so much easier to get bashed because of social media. I mean, you look on Instagram and people have these rants about things. They have their, obviously their perfect pictures and that can distort your view of parenting and really leave you feeling inadequate or attacked, of course, as a mom and dad. Um, and the quote from this article is even the most confident parent can in an insecure moments start to question his or her choices when dealing with an onslaught of other people's opinions and implied or outright judgment. And that feeling of being judged has spilled out from social media and into public life. 
um, you know, I'm afraid to put things sometimes on the internet um, for fear of what people are going to say that mm-hmm. maybe I'm doing wrong. Like if I put a picture of my son on his bike with his helmet and maybe I haven't like clipped it yet, like I am not posting that picture right. because all of a sudden, guess what people only see in that picture? Mm-hmm. What I'm thing. doing wrong with mm-hmm. my son. They don't know the circumstances mm-hmm. and, and of course it should be fastened. Point being, leave us alone you know, I'm confident in my parenting choices, mm-hmm. um, but apparently, according to this article, 90% of American moms feel that they're judged. Do you guys I, feel I, judged? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think there's a question, right? Especially in the age of social media. And I should say, in the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Um, us specifically. Us specifically, people <laughs> who are who are on air. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember River was, I don't know, maybe like six months old, and Brian had her in her uh, ergo carrier, like mm-hmm. a baby car- car- <laughs> carrier strapped on front, and he was making dinner. And he was like, cu- it was such a cute picture. He was cutting tomatoes, yeah. okay, with a knife on a cutting board in front of him. But, of course, River is so little, like, there's no way her hands can reach his hands or the knife. And she was smiling, and he was smiling, and I posted on social media, and I got so much blowback. Like, that looks so dangerous. Like, what are you doing? And I remember thinking, why? What did I? Why did I think that this would be a good idea? Exactly. You know, even though I knew. I mean, Brian is not going to put our kid Right, at risk, right. and neither am I. And certainly, we would never post it on social media if we did. But you know, <laughs> we would hide it. We would hide it. I would stand our cameras. But yeah, so you know, yeah, that kind of stuff exists all the time. I mean, isn't that just like modern parenting? Mm-hmm. Is just knowing that everybody has a different. Well, style. the other thing, yeah, and the other thing that I think is really tricky about this is, and I'm guilty of this, you know, saying, you know, well, I don't think parents should, you know use screen time at restaurants or whatever but you never know what they're dealing with you don't know everybody's circumstance like just like let's just and I think the thing is if if nobody did it then everybody would be fine you know like right. if we all just stepped back and said you know what you do you you parent the way you want to parent I don't have all the answers well, you do you but it's hard too because we all have the three of us have very young kids so mm-hmm. obviously we don't know a lot about parenting and there are times like I remember I went on a walk with one of my best friends when I first had my baby and she had a baby older you're older and she's like you know what you can take that infant insert out of your car seat right and it was like like months ago I should have taken this thing out which like it wasn't like harming him but like it was just like this like oh okay like I didn't even know there was an infant there. I don't know what that was at the time like just things like that so I mean it's hard because you want Mm -hmm. to take this advice and you really don't know everything but at the same time it's like people go overboard and really it's really hurtful too because yeah. you try oh, your totally. best. Like, obviously, we're like, trying Everybody's our trying best, to be the best 100%. parent. I mean, maybe there's some parents who aren't <laughs> the best. But, like, I feel like, by and large, all of us are trying to do what's best I for know. our kids, trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point, Ingrid, that, like, sometimes you are just trying to be helpful, and you never know how that person's going to take Like, obviously, yeah. that was the good friend, and it was, you know, Fine. whatever. But um, I don't know. It's, it's hard because it's such a struggle anyway. And to have that extra level of scrutiny. Yeah, I get enough of that from, like, the people around so, me, like you guys. Oh, yeah. I just I, – I have to share this story. I just was thinking about it. Um, before Christmas, River had had a virus, and she was really sick um, from, like, Saturday morning till Thursday. Remember, we met you out, and she was, like, finally healed, <laughs> and you were like, this kid was never sick. Stop. <laughs> anyway, um, and by Tuesday, Brian and I were going out of our minds because she was had a fever, and she was inconsolable, and we hadn't been out of the house. And we were like, let's go for a walk. But the only time River would not cry um, is when she um, was watching Moana yeah. on the iPad. 
It was the only time she wouldn't cry. So mm-hmm. we were like, what if we went for a walk, put River in the stroller, and let her hold the iPad and watch Moana while we just get out of the house and yeah. take a walk? So it. that's what we did. And every single person we passed, we were like, she's sick. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, disclaimer. She's, she's, I know we've she's never watching, done this before. I know she's watching her iPad while we're like out in the beautiful nature, but she's sick. Brian and made a like, sign and like holds yeah, it up every yeah. time. They were like, uh, we're great parents. Okay. Trust us. Okay. Like, like, we don't care. Yeah, they're like, have a good day. She's cute, you know? But yeah. it's like you feel such an obligation to let people I mean because you know I mean isn't that sad that you have to go through life mm-hmm. I know you know with an asterisk like my kid is sick and that's why we're allowing her to do this I know mm-hmm. yeah well let's just all try to judge a little less today all right that. good um, the last news story of the day is um, who should I love more oh. my husband or my children I think this is going to be a big talker we've already been like we already argued about this in the yeah. newsroom, right? Yeah. So this is a, a, this is kind of a, a, a yeah. idea that this woman wrote in saying, can you please weigh in on the subject of who I should love more between a spouse and your children? My husband and I recently had an argument over this issue. He believes spouses should love each other first and more than they love their children. His reasoning is that this love provides a stable base for the family and our partnership comes before children. So she goes on to say, until now, I thought he was wrong, but I'm realizing that a lot of people agree with him. So the person responds and says, "Um, well, basically, I think the love and commitment between myself and my husband is the core of the family and that, if possible, modeling a happy and respectful and affectionate partnership is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. But letting that slip by the wayside to overfocus on the children can be a real problem. So what do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that line. I think that's easier that's so easy to do though is to put your marriage second Mm -hmm. because your kids are number one um and I don't think it's an intentional thing I think it's just I don't know if it's like um uh, instinctual thing that you just like want you have to protect these children and Mm -hmm. so you'll like do anything for them and it's just it's different because they're your offspring compared to your spouse it's just like a different relationship not saying like I love my children more than my husband, um, but I could see what that article is saying in that like it's easy to kind of like let that love go by the wayside mm-hmm. and focus on on the kids more. Um, Has he done the dishes and like helped out recently like, when we're when we're thinking about this? Is that well? I mean, this article does say that's <laughs> the thing is like the ideally the love for your kids is unconditional and the love for your right. spouse, no matter how good your marriage, it's just. It's going to be a little bit more. Well, it's yeah. conditional because that's just the way human relationships are. Do you know yes, what I'm saying? 100%, yeah. Except if it's your kids. Like, you know, you would do anything for your kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the difference. I mean, you would do anything for your husband except X, Y, Z because, you know. Well, and it just kind of depends on the day, right? With your husband. No, every day. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> what do you think, Erin? Well, I don't know. I just think that, you know, it's like Katie just said, you know, the, the your kids, it's like a constant, more constant to me. You know, I love my husband so much, but I don't know. I just feel like it's so much more <laughs> reflective of where we are in life at that day and right. that moment and what we've been going through. And if he's been super helpful, maybe I do love him right. more than I love my children at that moment. Mm, well, sure. Um, no, I don't know. I think I think it's t- tough because I do think that. And I will admit, I think that we very often let our marriage and our love for each other take a back seat to our children. Mm-hmm. And that's not I think the it's right very, thing. very common. But I love that line where it's like, you are an example for your mm-hmm. children. And, you know, have you ever met those people who are like, 
like my mom and dad are just so in love and like perfect mm-hmm. and like you know, they're 50 years into their marriage and I'm just, you know, I'm so happy that that was my example. And it's like, I literally hate that person. Like, but like, I hate that person. I know, right? Like in like, and like most of us are coming from like divorced families right. and stuff. So like, it's, but it's like, that sounds beautiful. Like, don't you want that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't you want to set that love example for that child of yours so you, so they then can emulate it in their future? Sure relationships. Sure. Again, easier said than this, done. Right. I think a really good line at the end of this. We love people in wildly different ways. We love our children unconditionally. And even in the happiest of marriages, our love for our spouse remains conditional. So if you have some extra energy, you may as well toss it in their direction. So I think that's a good point is that, you know, we, we obviously are going to love our children a lot. Maybe we should give a little bit more thought to uh, being spouse. a little bit more loving to our spouse. And vice versa. Oh, there's just so yeah, much exactly. stuff to do today. I'll send tomorrow. I'm going to give him like, <laughs> just, like a little bit more love tomorrow. I also like the last line of this. The dog comes first. That's my truth. Yeah, right? Win of the week. So, you know, we've been working on River saying her name, her mm-hmm. own name, for mm-hmm. a long time. She's Which been saying... River is hard. It is. And, you know, we call her... Wiv... She say Wiva. Well, Wiva. she does not. Wiva. And this Wiva. is Wiva. maybe a little bit alarming, and we should start calling her her real name. But, you know, we call her Rivy for short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sound, so now, like, the nanny calls her Rivy, and, it's you know, basically what grandma and grandpa call her Rivy. Yeah. So, just recently, she started saying, like, if you, I point to me, she says, I said, who am I? Mama. Who is that? Dada. Who's that? Uh uh-uh. uh. That's our dog, Annie. Um, <laughs> who are you? Riri. Aww. It is so cute. But now she gets super excited because we're like, whoa, yeah, high five, fist bump. You said it. So now, like, we just walk down the street and she's like, Mama, Dada, uh uh-uh, uh, Riri. And so if you're not like, whoa. She's like, wait, what's She happened? like looks wait. around. Hey, did you, give, me, like, give me some love here. Did you not hear what I said? Riri. Is that my name? Come on, folks. You got it. Got it. Aww. That is really cute. Is She's really becoming cute. a little person. She is. She's like a full She's at a really fun stage right now. She is. She's a good kid. She is a good kid. Not one of the crazy ones. Uh, Not one of our crazies. Like my uh, third one, apparently. Okay, we'll get there one day. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Hey, I have a solution. Yeah. Give her melatonin. There you go. There you go. There you go. Slow her down a little bit. Slow her down. Just drop her. Make her sluggish. Bring her down. Drug her. Then I can catch her. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Remember, you can follow us on our Facebook group page, Anchor Moms, as well as on our Instagram page, Anchor Moms, as well. And then uh, leave us a review, guys. Exactly. Seriously, we want to hear, you know, maybe you were like, oh, that was a bad article or that was a great one. Details we like to hear. Details. Details. The juicy details. Oh, I didn't. I don't know. A lot of juicy details in this podcast. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening.